KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, February 20th. The city of Carlsbad declares its third storm-related emergency. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Chula Vista Council member Andrea Cardenas, who is facing criminal charges, has resigned. Cardenas represented the 4th District in Chula Vista until yesterday when she sent her colleagues a letter of resignation. KPBS got a copy of that letter. In it, she said she's resigning effective immediately in order to prioritize her mental health and the health of her community. She said it's been an honor to work in the role and serve her Chula Vista alongside her fellow colleagues. The resignation comes after months of controversy and accusations against her, including grand theft, money laundering, and tax evasion. She faces felony charges and her case is scheduled for a readiness conference in court today. More rain is on the way throughout the county starting later today and lasting through tomorrow. A flood watch is in effect until 10 a.m. tomorrow in the county's coastal mountain and valley areas. Some parts of North and East County could see up to an inch of rain per hour at times. The city of San Diego says crews are clearing mud and debris from storm drains and sweeping the streets and encourages residents who live in low-lying areas to take precautions ahead of the storm. President Joe Biden yesterday declared a major disaster status for California and ordered federal assistance for San Diego County areas affected by severe storms and flooding last month. If you have questions about applying for assistance, call 800-621-FEMA. Just a reminder, today is the deadline to register to receive a ballot in the mail for the March 5th presidential primary election. Registration forms must be postmarked or delivered to the registrar's office by today. You can also register online until midnight at sdvote.com. But if you're not registered to receive a mail ballot after today's deadline, you can still vote. You'll just have to conditionally register in person at the registrar's office or at a vote center through March 5th. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. As more rain is ready to hit the county, the city of Carlsbad has declared its third storm-related emergency in recent weeks. Reporter Jacob Ayer says total estimated costs for the three projects total nearly $2 million. The most recent storm-related emergency declaration in Carlsbad is to repair a sliding slope near El Camino Real and Trieste Drive that's threatening the backyards of some homes. It's estimated to cost just over a million dollars to fix. It follows two other emergency declarations by the city. That includes clearing the Buena Vista Creek concrete channel alongside State Route 78, which is prone to flooding. Estimated repair costs are around $770,000. The final emergency measure is to repair a storm drain pipeline on Carlsbad Village Drive near Pontiac Drive, which is expected to cost $140,000 to fix. 
the city council approved all three emergency declarations, which allows for expedited repairs. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. California State University professors and other faculty have approved a new contract. Education reporter M.G. Perez has more on what the deal includes. Members of the California Faculty Association approved the tentative agreement with the CSU by a 76% majority. The deal grants a 5% salary increase for all faculty retroactive to July 1st of last year and another 5% pay increase this July 1st. It also raises the salary floor for the lowest paid lecturing faculty and increases paid parental leave from six to 10 weeks. But almost a quarter of the union voted no. Gloria Rhodes is CFA president of the San Diego State chapter. She is reaching out to those members. Let us know what we can do to bring you aboard and what would it have taken for you to vote yes on this. CSU trustees still have to meet and vote on the agreement before it can go into effect. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Point Loma Nazarene University is hosting the 29th Annual Writer's Symposium by the Sea this week. During the event, the art of writing will be explored with renowned authors. One of the writers appearing at this year's festival is Nick Hornby. He's known for best-selling novels like High Fidelity and About a Boy, as well as several screenplays. Along with his masterful storytelling, his writing also evokes a love of pop culture of all kinds, be it music, literature, even sports. He joined my colleague Jade Heinemann to talk about some of his work and his inspiration behind some of it. Let's talk about your most recent work. Your most recent work, uh, it is a nonfiction work called Dickens and Prince, and it takes two well-known cultural figures who are not often associated together, uh, the 19th century English writer Charles Dickens and the late musician Prince. So can you tell us more about what they have in common and how you came up with this idea? I came up with it uh, when they released the massive box set, Sign of the Times box set, which had something like 75 extra songs on it, um, which for comparison is, I think, more than the Eagles recorded during the 1970s. So uh, Prince had that many extra songs for one album in 1986. And it turned out he was working on two or three different albums at once at the same time, different feel, different voices. He was playing around with things. And I suddenly remember that Dickens used to write two novels at once quite often, just because of the demands of serialization. And and I thought, well, it's only those two that could keep projects apart in their head like that. Anyone who's tried to write a novel will know that writing two novels at the same time is pretty impossible, especially when they're as complicated and long as Dickens' novels were. So I started to think about how hard they worked, how much they wrote and, and played, and their deaths. You know, they were, they, neither of them lived to be 60, and I think that work killed both of them, probably. They were superstars right from the very first things that they released. Uh, they both had these poverty-wrecked childhoods, and there were all kinds of coincidences that I thought, 
uh, would be interesting to write about in an essay form. Yeah. You know, uh, also several of your novels were adapted as films. Two of those, Uh Fever Pitch and High Fidelity, uh, adapted novels originally set in the UK and changed the setting to the US. So I'm wondering how you feel about your words and characters being changed to an American setting. Well, something like High Fidelity, it was changed because the people who adapted it completely understood the book and they felt that it was about them. And one of the reasons that that book has been successful and endured is that lots of people all over the place think that book is about them. People in Germany and people in England and people in Scotland and people in Chicago. And it's really not about the setting. It's about the feelings. It's about those people's relationship with music. Um, It's about breakups. It's really about living in a, uh, I guess, a first world city. And um, if you get the right people who feel that the book is about them, then it doesn't matter where they want to set it. It has a better chance of being good. And being good is the most important thing to me. Hmm. And I think that makes it great. Yeah. One thing I noticed about the characters in your books is that they all seem to have their quirks and issues. Tell me about those quirks and why you choose to write your characters in that way. Well, I think that mostly what I write about is social comedy with, you know, hopefully it has some heart and some seriousness somewhere in it. But you can't write about people who have their lives together. I mean, you know, if if I were to write a novel about a, a very accomplished hedge fund manager with a happy family, I, I don't see what, what there is to write about there. My my job is done, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, perfect. They have no quirks. They have no failures. They have no nothing. If you are going to write about that guy, it has to be the day before something goes catastrophically wrong for him, which might involve his quirks or, or whatever. But um, I prefer writing about people who have messed up in some way. Yeah. So, I mean, where does the inspiration then for your characters actually come from? A story, uh, mostly. Uh, When I realize that I want to tell a story about this, then a character starts being formed who would respond to that situation in in particular ways. So I don't think you can start necessarily with just a character. Mm -hmm. I think you have to have some kind of narrative idea and put that character in that narrative. You know, you use so many different vehicles to write uh, music, film, books. How do you manage to stretch beyond one particular box or another when writing? I mean, do you think this makes your writing more accessible? I don't know about more accessible. I I enjoy writing in different media. Uh, I always prefer the thing I'm not doing at the moment, you know? So if I'm writing a novel, I'd rather be writing a movie and the other way around. Um, And some things just came into being, you know, like I've been writing a column for the Believer magazine in San Francisco for a long time. And I really like the discipline of writing a monthly, well, now it's quarterly column, because most things take a long time to finish. And I like getting something completed. But I, I think my voice is my voice whether it's in script form or, or or non-fiction or fiction. I don't I can't do a lot about being me and it doesn't seem to matter what form it takes. 
before we go, I've got to ask a San Diego question. Could you ever see yourself uh, setting a story in San Diego? What would that look like? Uh, I absolutely could see myself setting a story in San Diego. I think it would be a great place for a culture clash, England versus the U.S. relationship story. That was author and screenwriter Nick Hornby speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hyndman. Hornby will be appearing at this year's Writers' Symposium by the Sea on the campus of Point Loma Nazarene University on Friday at 7 p.m. To learn more about the event and to see the full list of authors appearing at this year's festival, you can visit our website at kpbs.org. That's it for the podcast today. Join us again tomorrow for the day's top stories. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.